Hey, hi, how you doing? This is Michael Hargis with Better Climbing Beta. Well, everybody, it finally happened. I know what you're wondering. What happened, Michael? And to be honest with you, I'm currently not talking to anybody. So this is all a little bit rhetorical. But more importantly, we made it, fam. We got our first sponsor. And that sponsor is... Hey, Michael, I need a new chalk bag. Uh, okay, well... Someone is here, but we and that Michael, I need a hangboard too, though. Can I need? We need to get one of those. Well, I got the one of our hey, sponsors. But also, my shoes got a hole in them. I need to get a resole. Yep. Okay, and that's gonna be our segue into our sponsor. So first and foremost, everybody, our sponsor is Vanderwall Climbing. So these guys make hangboards, chalk bags, and they'll resole your climbing shoes. So they're kind of your one-stop shop for all those climbing needs. They're out of San Mateo, California, and if you need to get your shoes resold, you just ship them out to them. They'll ship them back to you in a reasonable amount of time. If you need chalk bag or hangboard, you can check out their their website and their Instagram. So thank you so much to them. Next, I'm going to do a little bit of intro for this episode. So Tyler, former intern, former special guest, former co-host, has a dethroned me and has hosted his first episode of the Better Climbing Podcast. He actually sat down with a young man by the name of Tyler Algio, who used to climb in Cincinnati, Ohio, and has relocated to the country of Malawi in Africa. So since residing in that country, Tyler has found it difficult to find a climbing community. So he's took it upon himself to build his own. Now, Tyler just simply built a small training wall in his backyard and has since built a climbing community in that area and has realized that outside of the socioeconomic differences or racial differences, there is absolutely a climbing community willing and ready to embark on this climbing journey, but they need some help. So Tyler has started Climb Malawi. There's a website, there's an Instagram and there is even a GoFundMe page. They're trying to raise $50,000 to build a facility um, and put walls inside so that everybody of the country, Malawi, can go and enjoy those climbing walls, as well as maybe even receive shuttling to get there. But you're going to learn a lot more about that in, the, in this podcast episode. I just want to give you a little bit of context before they started. So without further ado, here's the podcast. Hey guys, uh, this is Tyler with Better Climbing Beta. Uh, Michael is traveling for work, so we are down one host for this episode. But I am joined by a couple guys. We've got Tyler Algio. Hi guys. And uh, Scott Pagel. Indeed. So um, I was actually, so Tyler was, I guess, in the gym last night. Yep. To give you guys a perspective, it is Wednesday, January 16th. He was in the gym last night. You are about to head out to Africa. Yeah. 
which is and you were you're starting a climbing community down there and i said hey let me help you out we uh have some stuff i can send some gear your way to help out and you were in the gym today picking that up and went well hey do you want to come over and do a podcast before you head out so um so as we get started where are you uh so what where in africa are you get are you getting this whatever is starting where are you starting it yeah and first of all thanks so much for for having me and uh helping us get the message out about the the project we're working on um we're based in malawi which is in south central africa so borders mozambique and zambia and tanzania um, if that's helpful um down in the rift valley um and uh, we're based um, in Lilongwe, the capital. So um, the project is essentially called Climb Malawi, um, and we're working to build a climbing community um, in um, this beautiful country uh, where my wife and I have relocated. Okay. Now, is is there a reason you've relocated to that, or has that relocation been about because you've been connected with people to help get this kind of thing started yeah we re- relocated there for personal reasons um we'd always plan to um, relocate to someplace in africa and work um i work um my, i have a master's in engineering and work in water and sanitation okay um, my wife um is a, a doctor and an OBGYN, uh, so primarily dealing with pregnancies and and um surgeries related to reproductive women's health um and so she just finished her residency. We were living in Cincinnati, so that's where we were at the, the RockQuest gym, was my, um, my home gym for a couple of years. Uh, and she, as she finished her residency, got a, a position working as a, a doctor in Malawi okay. um, through a, an American hospital that has a big program there. Um, so she works there um, to build a center of excellence for maternal care um, awesome. in Malawi. And then, yeah. I mean, are you trying to use, I guess, your engineering and all that? down there as well it certainly comes in handy yeah um i've been consulting with a few uh, local projects with ngos um, that are designing their programs um, connecting with former colleagues and engineers without borders canada um, and then i also do some consulting remotely um for, for other organizations yeah now you know so scott we've known each other i guess a couple years now how did you get did how did you get um partnered up with tyler because you said you guys are both you you've been climbing together right yeah quite a bit actually um i still to this day refer to tyler as my climbing partner despite the fact that he lives halfway around the world. <laughs> right uh we sort of met through some friends at rock quest and then kind of hit it off and um and then chris hampton uh, is really the, the, the one power who, power co- climbing power company climbing yeah he's the one who kind of really uh I don't know, forged the bond between us. He right on. Pit us against one another in our strengths and weaknesses, and it really paid off and really formed a really incredible bond that's still working even while he's in Malawi. I send him videos, he sends me videos. Sweet. And, yeah. So, um, so Malawi, speaking of which, um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of climbing destinations throughout the world. Is Does Malawi itself have any natural rock climbing? Yes, um, there is uh, some great granite mountains. Um, some of the largest granite faces in um, Central Africa are, are okay. located in Malawi. Not, it's not been a climbing destination historically. Um, the uh, a lot of the development happened in the 1980s, uh, sure. and and there hasn't been a lot of um, necessarily repeats. There's been a few. There's actually 
a um, movie coming out that's just being in um, some of the, the British film festivals right now called Road to Melange. Uh, Mount Melange is the, the really big um, mountain and massif uh, in the southern part of the country. And um, that's about doing some of the big walls down there. Okay. Um, a little bit of uh, um, so-called expats developing bouldering as well around Blantyre, which is the, the second largest city, um, kind of the economic capital of the country, which is near Melange. Um, and then um, lots of potential kind of throughout the country with what are they're called Inselberg, so sort of these granite um, spires, but very rounded okay. um, and kind of bulbous um, looking uh granite outcroppings throughout the country so lots of potential for development but there hasn't hasn't been that much development Um, a lot of the uh, development would have been by foreigners coming in and temporarily living there so it's not well documented um, and and people are kind of there's a high turnover rate as people come in for a couple years doing some sort of project and leaving something and then bouncing out and then calling it a day but you but there's clearly a lot of potential i guess you'd say Absolutely. more so than yeah. real i mean red river gorge where literally everything is bolted as much as we can make it happen yeah i'm um, even some of the places out west i guess have a lot of established trad um, yeah. mountaineering and the like you're saying there's a lot of stuff that could be utilized it's just a question of getting out there and for sure and and exploring it and documenting it and then bolting it as well um because it's um the tropics uh there hasn't been this the freeze thaw cycle that gets the cracks so um as a result the the cracks tend to be fewer and far between tend to be wider uh and so um there's less lines that would have been developed historically and so bolts are going to play a a pretty key role um in in the development i think of allowing climbing and as well as bouldering there's there's lots of potential for boulders awesome so um why we wanted to get you on here is you you're a part of this organization, you know, you, in which we'll we'll talk in depth about, you know, what what you can do to be a part of this organization. But you you kind of said you are responsible for kind of trying to establish a climbing community. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, being as close to Red River Gorge, a lot of you know people that we come into contact with. I know people that move here specifically to be a part of the climbing community. That's fairly well established. Yeah. Uh, those that have listened to a couple of the episodes know that I don't shut up about growing up in East Tennessee and being a part of that climbing community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, out West Colorado, all those places that have very established climbing communities, I think we might take for granted. You can just show up and be like, Hey, where's all the cool climbing? Yeah. Where are the cool outfitters? Where are the gyms? All that kind of stuff. But yeah. you don't really have that luxury now. There's not an established group. So so what is it? Kind of walk me through that process. What is it like? A, I mean, I'm assuming there's people there that you have networked with and, and linked up with. So what has it been like trying to find people that even know that climbing is an actual thing nowadays? But B, what is it like trying to you know, either A, convince people or B, say like, how do we develop momentum to get this to be a more established thing? Walk me walk me yeah. through that process. So when we first were planning to uh, relocate to Malawi, of course I did the ser- whatever search I could to find any information. And there is a mountain club of Malawi. Um, they're a little bit more geared towards hiking, uh, a little bit, um, you know, it's, it's more just a, 
space for people who want to get into the outdoors and into the mountains to um, network. It's not really, they don't have any programs necessarily right. that, that drives things. If you want to go hike with someone, here you yeah. go. But they did do uh, a real service in um, uh, the hard copy guidebook that had been from the 1980s that was handed down from person to person. They digitized that and um, okay. updated those topos and things like that. So there was a little bit of, of that, but again, it's primarily a five-hour drive south um, from the capital city uh, where we're based. So I was kind of viewing it primarily as virgin territory. Sure. There's, there's nothing here. But there is um, a lot of people who are in the country um, for from months to a couple of years working with major NGOs um, because it's um, usually ranked around the fifth poorest country in the world by GDP per capita. Really? Um, yeah. So it's um, really dependent on a lot of uh, foreign aid and, and um, NGO support. Um, so I knew that that was going to be kind of the easiest way to start the community was just um, through so-called expats. Um, and there's some contention as to the, the term, like, why are they expats when they would have been immigrants in other countries? Right. But um, there's, uh, you know, some of the first uh, people that kind of helped me build the uh, wall we're currently using uh, were just some Americans that I knew through my wife's work that mm. were climbers and um, they also wanted to climb. Um, then, um, you know, it, because there's so few recreational activities actually in Malawi, the country doesn't even have a movie theater anywhere. Um, everyone's kind of excited when there's additional fun things to do, um, besides just, you know, playing ultimate Frisbee or, or soccer on a, you know, a bear, um, field. Um, so through word of mouth uh, alone, there was a lot of interest, um, just for something new to try in the city. So a lot of. Um, our initial kind of people who came to climb um, would have been either um, brand new to climbing or they went once or twice, but primarily they would have been climbing on roots on a vertical wall. So right. this being a, a somewhat overhanging um, bouldering wall was, was definitely a, a challenge for people mm-hmm. um, and made me kind of um, really reevaluate how we would go to the next phase of growing our community. Um, but that's kind of how, how we've started. And for me personally, it was, you know, climbing is a passion for me. So when I was going to move to Malawi, I was going to continue that passion. I was going to develop boulders. If there wasn't any developed near me, I was going to have a, a wall in my backyard. Um, just like I had a training wall in my backyard here. Right. Um, and of course I wanted to share that. That's how I, I started climbing actually as a way to meet people when I relocated to Ireland when my wife was in medical school. So took that strategy forward but with time uh what i really noticed living as a foreigner in in malawi in a country where there's such massive um, income inequality um the typical salary is about three dollars per day for people um that's very normal um which i I mean am i correct then in assuming there's a significant reason why there isn't a movie theater or exactly you just don't have disposable income yeah there's no there's no demand there's no market for those things there actually was a movie theater in blanter and the the other major city but it shut down presumably because no one could um could afford it so um what i noticed and what really bothered me was how segregated um, spaces were because of that massive inequality so i could very easily see my life being one where i interacted primarily with other foreigners from outside of malawi is that an intentional segregation or just because 
the foreigners, whatever yeah. people coming in have money to blow, so they're gonna be certain places. I mean, yeah, I, I'm from complete ignorance. You know, is it just we have yeah. money, we're here, you don't have money, you're there, or is there a level of like, well, we don't want people? No, I, I think it's it's mostly just the economics of the the factor because okay. you know I can go out to a really nice cafe and have a nice lunch and it's you know really pleasant and it's like it's. Uh, you know, the prices on the menu are very reasonable from my perspective, but they're way out of reach. When you're making um, $3 a day. Yeah, because, I mean, we're talking uh, a really nice meal for me might cost, like, you know, seven, eight, nine dollars um, And that's, you know, that's three days salary right. earnings for, for the average Malawian. So um, it's it's not a bad, like, it's it's worth it for me but not worth it for other people. And so um, there's not, there's just not those spaces where um, people gather socially and um, build community sure. without price being a barrier. Um, one of the things that um, I realized fairly early on was that um, we, we kind of brought in some of our, um, some of my, uh, friends that helped build the wall they brought in some of their coworkers that are making you know around um a few dollars a day um they got really excited about the idea they got it immediately they they were practicicing the day they were coming on brick walls because they just they got it this sounds fun um and um but the you know i i didn't realize this at the time because i just minibuses are kind of ubiquitous throughout the country as a way you see them packed with you know, way too many people and lots of livestock and chickens and things. It's just, you know, people make it work. Um, that those minibuses can easily, you know, a round trip would, would be about a third of your daily salary. So most of them just walk. Um, they'll walk for hours to get to their job or they have to live near their job. Um, and so, you know, never mind um, potentially, uh, you know, these people having to pay something for admission to a climbing facility. Um, they can't actually afford to actually get to it in the first place. Right. So um, it's interesting because um, – so I go – we take a work trip every year out to the Colorado. There's the Climbing Wall Association Summit. It's just a conglomerate of a lot of people, organizations, climbing gyms, retail, you know, all of the big brands that we all meet and talk. And it's, it's really interesting to see there's a big – disparity between these new premier level gyms opening up that you know your first day might be 30 40 bucks yeah memberships are a hundred so a month rock quest we're on the lower end of that but yeah i mean even though i'm like it's cheap but even you know paying 15 dollars to climb for as long as you want you're saying like that's not even a conceivable like there's i don't know what the even if you were to i guess equate it to that income level even still it's yeah. just like if it costs money, we're not going to do it Yeah, kind of thing. So, yeah. so I guess that kind of leads me into you, your part. Is what's is there an official name for your organization? Um, just Climb Malawi. Climb Malawi. Yeah. Um, and and it because we've kind of you've kind of talked to me about like what you're trying to do and make, I guess, climbing approachable for anybody. But yeah. I mean, you're you, you said you built a wall yep. with, I guess, desire to make it expand it whatever build it yep. build it more but the goal being uh, make climbing something everyone i guess we've always said climbing is a unifying factor right i mean anyone yep. can climb anyone can get into it yep. um and so your your goal then is to 
yeah, uh, my goal started out being just that I wanted to climb and I wanted to share that climbing and, and make it something that, that other people have access to. And then seeing the dynamics in the in my new community in Malawi, um, I my goal and hope for um, this kind of changed into um, it really being about creating a socioeconomically diverse community um, using climbing to do that. Okay. Um, because I've always found that um, climbing is a really great um, community building activity and a really great equalizer. Um, it's, you know, I find it really rewarding when I see, um, you know, people who are, um, they've got, you know, English is their second language. Um, they are making the equivalent of like $4 a day in salary. And they're teaching somebody who's possibly making, you know, $100 an hour working for a major NGO, um, teaching them how to climb in like limited vocabulary. Because, sure. um, you know, Levels and playing field. Yeah, um, because it, it doesn't matter. None of that other stuff, you know, none of your degrees, your income level, none of that matters right. when you're just trying to figure out how to get up that, you know, 12 foot high wall. Um, and so it um, creates, I think, a, a really great space for, for making those um, those relationships and building that community, um, which we, you know, is well known to have um, loads of benefits to oh, yeah, definitely. Um, everyone involved. Now, um, just to nerd out for a second there. I mean, so as an American climber, we follow certain grading systems, certain styles yeah. of climbing. Yeah. Um, I know you go, there's multiple styles throughout the throughout the world um, of how you, you, you grade and how you communicate as a climber. Yeah. Are, what's the, is what's the typical lingo and, and style of grading and all that, that is getting, is it Americanized because that's a lot of the people <laughs> coming or, you know, are using the, uh, you know, the Berman scale in Yosemite versus yeah. some of the others grading scales and all that. Yeah, we use kind of a combination of um, the French bouldering grade, uh, the font system, and and the Hueco, the Vermin um, V grades um, for boulders, um, because a lot of the climbers are um, still fairly new. Um, I wouldn't say most are climbing harder than V three or V four. Okay. Um, and so. Um, I'm actually kind of almost making up my own grading scheme, almost like a lot of gyms at the lower end where right. I'm just trying to create like a, a logical progression of like this one's harder than that one. Sure. Um, and so because it's an international audience, so you do have a bunch of Americans coming over. You do also have um, Swiss, French, German. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a fairly international community instantaneously just from the nature of NGO work. Um, so... Um, there's a bit of translation there, but most people haven't been that that worried about grades. It's just this is fun. Who cares? Yeah, they're just trying to figure out, trying to how to figure out how to do their whatever problem they're working on, and then what's the next one after that. And so you've got, I mean, realistically, you've, uh, you, there's you, you're tapping a complete virgin market. I mean, it's not yeah. even that they kind of know. Oh, I've heard about climbing, so that's great. It's we don't yeah. even know what this is. And for the local local Malawians, they wouldn't have probably had any exposure to it. Sure. I've never seen it. Um, I've had um, um, some of them ask me, like, is this some sort of game uh, is the question. Like it's and, and that, it sounds almost like diminutive to us. But I think it's just an honest question from a different like um, sure. vocabulary. Um, and I'm like, yeah, it's a sport. This is, you know, it's uh, arguably practice for real rock. There's competitions and this is kind of how it works. Um, then there's, um, a lot of the foreigners would have had like 
you know, some exposure to it. They would right. have seen it before. They may or may not have actually climbed. Do you find yeah. that to be beneficial? Because, you know, you don't have... I know a lot of times we get people that are like, oh, I saw that one movie with that one guy, and this looks really <laughs> stupid, right? <laughs> I mean, we get... You know, Alex Honnold, that, that movie, Free Soul, yeah. just dropped, and I get people... They Tom, literally, Tom Cruise. Yeah, well, they, yeah. they'll call and be like, uh, is like... So do I have to not use gear to do this? I'm like, no, that's not how this yes. works. Yes, you you don't have to use. You don't gear. have to, right? So I didn't know if is yeah. that is that kind of great. You don't have to worry, or is it a little harder to explain that this is a viable sport, as it were? Yes, yeah, so far it hasn't been um, that hard to explain at all because it's it's just climbing. It's a fairly natural and simple thing. Grab stuff, go up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There is some extent of having to explain for a lot of people their exposure would have actually been through um, sport climbing or you know climbing with ropes. So um, you having to explain that yeah you don't need harnesses. There's no rope. Like it's it's just very simple. We're just bouldering here. There's pads. You know you can we just use spotters and it's um, um, it's simple. Um, some of them lament not having you know there's a some people have a preference for it because sure. of the um, they find bouldering harder. Um, but um, so far it hasn't been. A, um, that big of a, an issue. Um, it's certainly, I think, um, without the exposure to, you know, some other aspects of climbing, it's harder to convince people of things like the fact that climbing shoes are supposed to be tight. You know, like I have uh, to, yeah. I have to show like, this is my foot. This is what my street shoe looks like. This is what my climbing shoe looks like. And right. this is why that matters. Um, and when you're doing that with, um, people who have a, a poor grasp of English or a limited vocabulary, that can be, um, it's hard enough for difficult. people buying their first pair of shoes. Oh it, it it hurts. Well, yeah. I mean, does it hurt? Her? I'm I've literally got people. Where I'm grabbing the material, like the leather at the top. Like I can pinch this. Yeah, it is way too big. And like, yeah. no, it doesn't feel good. So I can only imagine having the language barrier yeah. and the whole like it's a performance side on a sport that you know nothing about. Yeah. So I imagine that's not necessarily an easy. Yeah. But yeah, they in general, I'd say people people get it. They're often like, oh, some people are like, this is harder than I expected. Um, some people because you know some of our first Malawian um, climbers, they they work a lot of uh, like a fairly you know manual labor based jobs. So they're super strong and they're campusing you know things that all these um, all these walls that uh, a lot of the foreign climbers who had some experience were really struggling on at the <laughs> angle, and these guys just campus the whole thing on the big holes. So. Um, it's it's been an interesting journey uh, learning what kind of support and coaching different people need. You know, these guys they recognize they didn't they need to learn how to use their feet. Sure. Um, and it's um, but they've got the strength to kind of compensate, and so it's. Um, they want smaller really holds, buddy. <laughs> yep. Use this, okay? I know you can grab the big stuff. Now try using this. Well, yeah. that's a foothold. Yeah. Not if you're climbing this hard. You know. <laughs> yeah. So. Is Try there the slopers, a... campus the slopers <laughs> on 25 yeah. degrees. Is there a, I mean, I know right now we're talking and I definitely want to get into like what we can do to help and all that kind of stuff. But you mentioned you've got a wall right now. Yeah. Um, as a lot of, I guess a lot of people start, it's in my backyard. I've got enough material. I'll build this wall. If I get some more, I'll add on to it. Is there a, you know, we'll say long-term goal um, yeah. with what you both within facility, like what it would, what you desire for like a climbing gym, as it were, yeah. but also, you know, what you desire for. I mean, obviously, we could talk about like 
it'd be great to establish some of the outdoor stuff. But, yep. um, you know, for the community itself, do you have already like long-term goals that you would like to go ahead and get moving on? Yeah. So I guess where we are today is that we have a 12 foot wide, 12 foot tall, um, uh, bouldering wall that's adjustable from vertical to 25 degrees to 40 degrees. Um, it's currently in a spray wall. So super high density of holds, um, that we have a binder of problems with, um, below the spray hold or between it is, is the, the 2017 moonboard setup. Oh, cool. Um, so that's why there's the 25 and the 40 degree angle built into the system. Um, so that provides, um, a lot of opportunity for everyone from the absolute beginners, although the 25 degree overhanging is quite hard and sure. vertical is really easy um provides a lot of versatility to to climb on it and at that width we can usually get a couple climbers on at the same time um but we are actually overwhelmed with um interest from it just from word of mouth alone so far um in um eight weeks we've developed a a community of uh, more than 60 people through our whatsapp group where we kind of coordinate the climbing times and then um and you know, another dozen or so um, Malawians that don't have um, WhatsApp. Where we want to take it is to this year purchase land um, and build a, a small gym, something on the order of 60 feet long of bouldering um, with a variety of angles from slab to, to pretty uh, overhanging. Um, and before I moved to Malawi, I kind of hoped to achieve something at that scale. And so I purchased enough holes to achieve commercial gym density sure. um, and 4,000 T-nuts and, and the nuts and bolts too. The things you'd have to import so right. that we could do it. Um, so what we're looking to do this year is um, raise enough capital to actually buy the land um, and build a, a, the structure and the wall um, and create a... Um, climbing facility that is open seven days a week, um, long hours so that um, people can come no matter what their schedules are. Um, Taking inspiration from Memphis Rocks, um, which is a gym in um, the second or third poorest zip code in um, the United States that has a model of um, no one turned away despite their ability to pay. Yeah, Um, so taking kind of following in their footsteps um, I've, um, setting out a pricing structure that is suggestion based only. It's still very cheap. I think the monthly membership would be, um, $20 or, or less. Um, sure. and with that, you know, it only would take about 75 people to actually sustain operational costs, including, um, what we hope to be a, um, free shuttle because, um, wow. as I mentioned, the, the, if you're, if you're only making around, um, $4 a day and, it's the the cost of a round trip on the bus is going to be just over a dollar. Um, that's a 30-year salary gone right. um, and hard to justify. Um, I don't want that to stand in the way. So the first um, kind of approach we want to try is to simply just purchase our own minibus and have somebody do a circuit through the city um, during the, the peak kind of climbing times and bring yeah. people to us. Um, and that is all very um, possible to sustain with just a, a community of around 75 um, paying customers with word of mouth alone we've sure. already got 60 people um, so we think that should be should be very doable and we'd also like to add on other additional um, elements of this because there's not as I mentioned recreational opportunities in Malawi and there's not ones for um, community building so there's potentially to just do some some other basic fitness equipment like you'd find in a gym or even um, having something like a swimming pool that we think you know um, from seeing you um, 
even in Cincinnati here, the like what a water park looks like in right. um, in downtown Cincinnati and um, how you get um, such diversity um, of kids yeah. playing in it. Um, there's such opportunity there to, to kind of add on some of these other things that Malawi is missing and do it in a way that is socioeconomically inclusive. So, you know, as as someone who, you know, one of my primary concerns as a gym operator is the liability side of things. Yep. Is that something you've already like, is that something that is you've got to talk through down there? I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, some one person hurts themselves in a gym in America, the gym shuts down. Yeah. I didn't. Is that something that is of concern, or is it just a, you know, given you know different cultures, is it not necessarily as big of a deal? It's certainly not as litigious a culture as we have here in America. Um, so it's not as big of a worry. Um, we definitely plan to institute a waiver system and signage and, and have staff supervising um, when we go to that scale. Um, we are currently investigating what the options are in terms of um, exactly how to tackle liability. I well, and ini initially, you're just looking at bouldering. There right. is no, there's not going to be any ropes, and so that limits the exposure. And Certainly, the yeah, uh, reduces, you know, it eliminates the potential for having people fall from 30, 40, 50 feet. Um, well, a lot of the times it's literally writing up a waiver that covers it. Like, if you do this, it's your fault. If you do this, it's your fault, and you're covering all your bases. Yeah. Essentially, if you hurt yourself, yeah. You can't blame us. There is a another small climbing wall at an international school in Malawi, um, and when I asked them about how they handle um, liability, and I figured it's a school, so they must have to. Um, they said, you know, it's Malawi. We don't have like we don't have to do anything. Um, it's hmm. not an issue. So um, I'm not gonna take that answer at face value, and well, I'm sure. gonna I fully investigate it. I didn't know if it, it was one of those things. You know, I, I know a lot of times the litigation side of things you even have to have money just to enter into that so yeah, a lot of the right. times it's like listen it'd be cheaper to just like shut up and go to the doctor than it would yeah. be to try and do anything yeah that would but you know like i said i'm always real cautious because you hear the horror stories of you know gyms closing down because you know someone tripped and fell in the parking lot and there was a gap in their waiver and and i didn't know if that was yeah. a major issue or if that's just kind of like a weird americanized like we're always looking at screwing over the next guy to make some money kind of idea yeah hopefully it it won't be a, a major issue we are gonna say look investigating what the options are for how to right. make sure to to cover ourselves and and limit that sure now you know obviously like the whole point of this was to kind of spread awareness and yep. um you know what what are your needs Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, obviously there's money, right? I mean, yep. at the root of everything is it costs money to do this stuff. Yep. Um, so aside from that, like how for people that listen and like, oh, that sounds really awesome. I yep. you know, want to be a part of that. What are the strong needs? What are the, Hey, if you've got it, this would be awesome too. Yep. And the, the routes we can take to I guess be a part of what you guys yep. are doing down there. Have you guys figured out whether or not the North Face listens to this? Because I think that's the North Face, um, Black Diamond, yeah, Petzl. Yeah, um, anyone wants to shoot us a sponsorship, name drops. Yeah, there, for sure. You really want to help your brand, help yeah. start a climbing community. Because all this is, um, you know, grassroots and being bootstrapped. Um, right now, we've gone as far as we can with, you know, essentially 
um, my wife and I paying for for most of um, the investment of buying enough holes to outfit a 60 foot long bouldering wall um, and other equipment, but to go to the next step and actually purchase some land um, and build the facility, um, the next step was is um, raising money. So we've launched a GoFundMe campaign, and we're going to be reaching out um, to potential corporate sponsors to um, do that. We think purchasing land might cost around ten thousand dollars, and then building the facility somewhere in the range of twenty twenty five thousand dollars. And to give you perspective, knowing what it costs to start a gym here, that's yeah. like pocket change. Yeah, pennies. Uh, yeah, pennies I mean pennies on the, on the dollar. dollar here, just yeah. to you know, and that's not to underplay. I mean, obviously twenty thousand dollars. It's still twenty thousand dollars, but yeah. um, I think it. I mean. For me, that's like a super cool idea to be like, listen, yeah. it costs millions of dollars to start a gym here, even a bouldering yeah. only facility. Yeah. Um, and so I think like you have that opens up a lot of potential for you with what yeah. you're capable of doing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, really, like it's like you give us a dollar. It sounds like nothing to you. It's a dollar, but it's a yeah. huge deal. Yeah. It goes a long way with what you guys are trying to. So it, you said you yeah. have a GoFundMe. Yeah. Well, I want to post when we post about this. I want to post a link and all that. But yeah. for those that are lazy and don't want to. Yeah. The easiest the way to find more about it is to go to climbmalawi.com. Can, can you spell Malawi for me? Because yeah. I'm really bad at language. M A L A W I. Climbmalawi.com. Yeah. And okay. on there, we've got information about uh, what the community currently looks like. And if anyone listening to this is in the area and wants to join us, information about how to get in touch to, to come climb with us. And then as well, there's a, a section on the page about where we want to take the community in terms of what the facility would look like, what our approach would be in terms of this um, uh, no one turned away, pay what you can model, as well as the transportation um, doing programs um, where introduction to climbing that's in Chiche with a local language and women-specific groups and kids' programs, um, as well as um, doing um, development outdoors and taking people out to explore the, the natural beauty in Malawi through climbing. Um, and in that section, there's a links to the, the GoFundMe campaign. Um, we've also been reached out to by people who are kind of researchers in um community development and things like that um so um in addition to um people looking to sponsor like if uh, any kind of partnership uh, we'd be interested in talking to people about because um, sure. we're really interested in in the you know this being a potential model for um, community development and other recreational opportunities yeah. to follow suit and in, in other um, well, and areas as well let's say we do have someone from a you know major company looking like hey i got access to some gear um, yeah. you know, cause we're a big deal over here at better, better climbing beta. So, yeah. um, obviously, you know, obviously, so money works. We got the GoFundMe and, yeah. and those kind of things. And, yeah. Yeah. um, I always kind of say like, you know, the way when we did the, uh, podcast with the Red River Gorge Climbers Coalition, like, Hey, drop a couple of bucks. It goes a long way. Yeah. Same for here. Like I always, climbing's meant a lot to me. I'd love to, you know. Everyone here who listens to this cares enough about climbing. I would say you want to help out, so money's there. But well, and it has the potential to make a big impact in the lives of oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, in like real difference. But yeah. for those, you know, we've got um, right, more for, more know. in kind support of uh, equipment and things like that. Um, obviously, we're 
a bouldering gym, so there's not the necessarily harnesses and ropes that sure. um, will will be needed. But um, I certainly expect that we'll be burning through shoes um, as as all gyms do with with beginner climbers. Um, so that's that's going to be climbers. I mean, all climbers. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, say burn uh, through a few pair this year myself. Yeah. So shoes, chalk shoes, bags, chalk, that kind of chalk bags. You're taking people um, That's definitely grade. a major thing. Um, eventually, we could potentially also. Um, it would be important to have the support for for harnesses and ropes because we want to take people outside and that'll also include um you know route climbing um so um those are are useful and then um we've uh, i have been in touch with several hold manufacturers as well so um that have have offered um steep discounts to um on their products or or wholesale rates for our small gym but essentially i mean you know it sounds silly to point out but like any dollar that gets donated is going straight into yeah you know growing an already i mean it for 60 people for those that exist in pretty large climbing communities like okay what's that's like a slow night at rock quest but yeah to have literally no you know advertisement yeah. no existing community i mean that's already well and six months ago the wall didn't exist right. six months ago you were still living in the u.s yeah so that's to give a perspective it would be like you have your backyard wall that you practice on yeah and all of a sudden and you open looks, it to hey, the public you, yeah what and are you doing? Yeah. that looks cool and then two months later we yeah we're trying to figure out how to manage noise levels and are we going to be overwhelmed that like people are going to come climbing and in two hours they're going to get two burns on whatever they're working on because there's too many people so you know just uh because we're getting close to that time um i was like i think i've had so many cool stories just being a part of the climbing community do you have any like real interesting or like cool stories you've had just being a part of some you know seeing someone that doesn't know anything about this to you know, experienced seeing a, like a convert, we'll call him a disciple of climbing. Yep. Turn into, do you have any cool stories that you, you care to share? This conversation is yep. going to go long now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's... There's a few. Um, I think, uh, some of the, the initial, um, allowing climbers that, um, have become some of the most regular climbers in the whole community, um, include, uh, Gabby and Davey, who um, have been featured on our Instagram heavily because they've got um, beautiful smiles and they're great-looking, strong guys. You have you have Malawi climbing as an Instagram too. Yep. Awesome. We'll have yep. to link that as well. Yep. Um, and uh, those both they both work at the permaculture farm that's associated with the um, hospital that my wife works at. So they're feeding the um, the patients in the maternity waiting home to make sure that they've got a nutritious diet through their um, pregnancy. Um, and they've very quickly just decided that um, Malawi is it, or sorry, climbing is it for them. That um, this is you know their equivalent of soccer or whatever um, other sport people are passionate about, and they want to be the best climbers in Malawi. Um, so rain or shine, they they come out to the wall, and it's the rainy season, so it's not infrequent that we got rain, and they're hiding and the out wall, of the tarp. This tarps. isn't an inside like no, this it's is just a wall outside. Yeah. It's a wall outside with a tarp that like keeps it mostly dry. <laughs> and the, um, tarp, the tarp has collapsed from the right. amount from of the rain. rain. Yeah, we're working. I'm you know work. One of the the things I'm trying to do now is is install a metal roof over it to to better protect it in the rainy season, um, which costs so, money. Yep. Um, so these guys, it's it's been amazing watching the transformation in their climbing um, over, you know, eight weeks. Um, really, it's about, been about two months since we 
truly opened this up to the, the sure. public. Um, and like I said, they, they went from campusing up things because they were strong but didn't know how to use their feet to um, toe-hooking um, on the project that's like been the challenge to beat on the wall for most of the climbers. Um, and I think it was years before I toe-hooked on an indoor boulder problem. And Do you um, find there's a... A, a difference seeing them so you've you've experienced established climbing communities yep. do you find that they that kind of person embraces the climate i won't say better or but differently because it's there's not other things to do i mean is it do you see yep. a different type of passion um it's it's hard to say because uh, so often climbers get hooked on climbing, like sure. when, you know, and it's, it becomes uh, an all consuming passion in a way that I, I don't fair. see in other sports as fair. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's certainly, um, you know, they, uh, the climbers that are coming regularly, um, love it and, and really want to master it. And they pay such close attention. Um, I was, uh, blown away just this last week by um, Gabby was he wanted to see me do some a move he couldn't do um, and um, I don't think his his language is, is as strong as Davy is um, but as a result he is um, watching everything I do with eagle eyes and mm. like capturing micro beta that you know this guy's been climbing for two months and he's processing subtleties and how I position my foot on holds that sure. like, I, I can't believe. Um, so they're definitely giving it that, that level of, of dedication. And I know that if uh, right now we're opening it because it's our home, we're opening it twice a week. And I know that they would be super they're... hungry to be there every sure. day if they could, um, certainly at least three times a week. So it's, um, it's definitely... Um, and and they're uh, you know a pair of guys that that really want to be good at this and master it. But then there's another um, member of our community who um, he's a high school teacher and also runs his own um, small NGO to better educate um, uh, youth about farming techniques because so much of Malawi is a subsistence farming culture. So they're just growing food to feed themselves, never not even necessarily selling it. Wow. Um, that's that's the major what most people are employed um air quotes as um so he uh, has an ngo to help accelerate that that skills with with them and um he says to me you know we were talking about this and we thought this is so great because there's very few things for the youth in malawi to do um and so when youth don't have opportunities to uh, engage in healthy activities they end up drinking or doing other things and unproductive behavior so this could be so important for the youth of malawi and it was like yes it's exactly what i see this as well as way to catch the vision um yeah i love that good eye there bud you know that someone's seeing um that they're um that some of our community of the the malawian climbing community is seeing it not just as a like this is a really cool sport this is a really fun thing to do but actually catching that wider vision of like this could be really transformational for for people now we speak could be have you seen because you mentioned one of the cool things about this the climbing community is it's an equalizing sport yeah rich poor like we're all getting our asses kicked on the wall like (laughs) so we all can just wrestling pebbles exactly have you Have you seen, even with the 60 climbers, have you already seen those interactions between multiple socioeconomic levels and that kind of thing? Have you, have yeah. you seen that melding already? Yeah, especially because um, 
some of the Malawian climbers like Gabby, Davy, and Jotex are um, the most frequent climbers. They're there every every session that the walls open. Um, when someone new will be coming in, and they could be, um, you know, a young family that's a doctor from America who's got his family here. Um, they'll be showing them problems and teaching them about oh, wow. how to climb on our wall um, and saying, oh, no, you can definitely do this climb. Um, this is how you do it and showing them. So it's, you know, somebody who's making $4 a day teaching a doctor from America how to to rock climb on our little community wall it's amazing. Um, and you know then doing it as well for a middle class um you know high school girl um that's malawian as well because um, it is a middle class as well so um teaching them and then we've got you know um really young kids that are like three years old that are um up getting out of the top of a 12 foot wall so it's, it's terrifying. usually the three-year-olds that make me feel bad about myself like yeah. oh that's that's cool i i was trying to figure out how to hold that hold and you just yeah up it. yeah <laughs> yeah um so it's it's also beautiful to see just the mixed interactions where um we had um uh, a um somebody who is originally from Romania. They've been living in Malawi. They've adopted a Malawian child. Um, he's there uh, at the wall with his buddy, who's um, of sort of a Swiss European descent. So these guys are probably like five years old. Each of them, he's more interested in brushing holds than climbing, um, and <laughs> and focusing on brushing the the holds for his partner Lola. He can follow me around. Um, yeah, and you That's know. Way to do it, um, meanwhile, it's. Um, they they had come weeks earlier um was the last time that they had come and met um davy and davy's like oh hey uh Chimemwe, the this five-year-old who he met like however weeks ago and remembers who they are and like it's this like weird family all of a sudden um really quickly of um people who might never otherwise interact and there's so much potential for um other spin outs coming from these things like um, I've been talking to the Malawian climbers about the fact that it's, it's mango season, so there's just mangoes falling off trees everywhere, and, and mangoes are littering the place too much that no one can actually like consume them all. Sure. Um, and no one's ever seen dried mango, which is like one of my favorite climbing snacks. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. And you know, it, picks them up. it costs. <laughs> You know, a piece of glass, uh, some wood, and a uh, some wire to make a solar dehydrator, and and the extend the shelf life of this product, and because no one's preserving this food, so there's like, and I'm working with Jotex now to um, build a solar dehydrator to test it out, and and just hand that off to somebody to start their own business, yeah. and that's an opportunity that just as somebody who's foreign and has exposure to other things can see that see that opportunity. And just by making those links, we can, you know, it's it's hard not to just start changing lives. Yeah, um, definitely. Through realizing those opportunities. So, you know, just to kind of close it out, um, you've got the GoFundMe, which we'll, we'll link yep. um, on, you know, on that post when you do it. You've got, you know, for those that are interested, we can link the, the website, contact info and all that. Yep. Um, but, uh, I, mean, I mean, it sounds like you're doing it already some really awesome stuff and for those that really like this it, it's really cool to see communities that almost I, i'd say that we almost take for granted that yeah. just exist here it's yeah. awesome to see them budding in a yeah. very um, almost fertile environment it's yeah, just absolutely. right for yeah. lots of really awesome things to happen but uh 
No, I, I mean, listen, man, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I think it's awesome. I'm really excited to see what happens with that. So, Malawi Climbing. Climb Malawi. Climbmalawi.com. Yep. There you go. Yeah, um, You'll get it. I'll get it. I mean, I'll, I'll just have to get copy and paste everything. Yeah, I was going to say, just put it in the notes correctly. That's all yeah. that matters. But, uh, yeah. So, but Tyler, thanks for coming. Scott, thanks for hanging out and drinking my coffee. Uh, happily. Um, <laughs> anytime. Yeah. So... Yeah, guys, uh, like I said, make sure to follow the links and uh, go be a part of a new community. Um, But thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.